listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi, and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello, everyone. So, in this episode, we're going to discuss um, heart failure in dogs and cats. More so probably dogs because dogs are a bit more commonly um, subjected to heart failure, I yeah, guess. Yeah, more, more things tend to go wrong. Yes. Yeah. So not that they've got weaker hearts, it just happens more to <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, of course, as always, it's, it's just general information and it may or may not be suitable for you and your pets. And if you've got any questions, please contact your veterinarian. So let's get on to it. So first off, heart failure or congestive heart failure is cool. Um, what is it? It's... Basically, a decline in the heart's ability to pump blood around the body yep. and to the organs. Heart's not working properly. Basically, that's it. So, um, it can be caused by two uh, separate groups or classes, I guess, really. So, it can be heart valve troubles or heart muscle troubles. In general, that's right. Yeah, heart valves, um, obviously, all of the heart's important. And if yep. no bits are working properly, that doesn't go very well. But uh, your heart valves problems are common in both cats and dogs yep. um small breed dogs more common for heart valve troubles than large breed dogs that's partly a genetic thing and also um we see uh, a more large population problem with uh crappy teeth and uh, heart valve oh, yeah. degeneration there's a um, condition called uh heart valve myxomatosis, mm-hmm. um, which is just basically bacterial infection of the heart valves that mm-hmm. the bacteria gets in the bloodstream via the teeth and doesn't cause septicemia, so the bacteria is not causing um, infection throughout the body, but it just yeah, affects the heart valves and you mm-hmm. get scarring, and that scarring over time damages the, the heart valves. Yep. Yeah, which is really interesting and something we need to cover later about how important dentals are. Yeah. So, but... Um, so on that, and then you've got your heart muscle problems. Yeah, and, and then a couple of different problems that, that makes the heart muscle just not contract properly, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess the first thing is what causes our pets to suffer from a heart, heart failure or start to have that decline in that heart function? Yep. It's uh, you know, a few a, causes. A number of different causes, yep. yeah. I mean, the old heartworm um, is certainly a problem in, mm. in dogs and occasionally in cats, and that's a uh, an outflow restriction problem, and when the – uh, flow of blood away from the heart's restricted. You end up with um, a heart that's getting bigger and more muscular to try and pump blood through a, a higher pressure system, essentially. So it's working harder. Yeah, so it's working harder. So that's the, the heartworm side of things. Um, um, you can have injury? Uh, injury occasionally, yeah. Um, dogs and cats' hearts are a bit better set up than uh, human hearts. They don't They're get – well Well, well protected, but just the, um, the blood – supply side of things mm-hmm. is uh, a little bit the plumbing's a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, so we tend not to get like coronary heart disease and that mm-hmm. sort of things um, but if you have got viral infections certainly and occasionally bacterial infections that can cause um, heart muscle troubles mm-hmm. uh, but yeah acquired's less common mm-hmm. yeah so that's our infections obviously covered there and um there's, as we touch on, the congenital heart defects, so things that are passed on. Yeah, passed on, and, and some breeds are more prone uh, both to heart valve troubles and, and King Charles calves and heart valve troubles mm-hmm. is, is a really, really big problem. Um, and the um, cardiomyopathy troubles, the heart muscle mm-hmm. troubles, um, certainly there's breeds like Dobermans and Newfoundlands um, and in cats, um, Maine Coons and little um, Siamese can be more prone to um, heart muscle troubles. So if you're buying a pet that's one of those breeds that are more prone, is it – should you know or try to check or understand why the mum and dad, whether they've got – 
heart problems and they're going to pass it on or it's just throughout somewhere? It's a hard one. There's a few uh, DNA tests coming through the system mm-hmm. that can have some predictive value. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with most heart troubles is even the, the individuals that are affected, it happens usually later in life. Yeah. Um, so they've, it's hard to get it out of breeding lines um, because the most of the pets have already been bred with, yeah. essentially. So, I mean, some lines are, are certainly worse than others, but by the time you detect it in the line, the, the progeny is already on the ground mm-hmm. and the progeny is progeny sometimes on the ground. So yeah. that makes it a fair bit harder. So yeah. it's just something to be aware of. Yeah, yeah just to be with a, some breeds, I guess. Just to be aware of and, and be um, probably more proactive in um, early diagnostics and, and screening mm-hmm. tests and that sort of thing, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, so some breeds, like, as you said, are more prone to it. And I guess larger breeds as a whole are more prone to it than your smaller breeds. Larger breeds um, have the. Um, Dilated cardiac myopathy and sometimes hypertrophic cardiac myopathy, so the heart muscle gets thicker, not just floppier as well. So, yeah, so there's different breed characteristics. Definition myopathy, because you keep liking to say that word, is heart failure essentially. Muscle not working properly. Yeah. Yeah. Weakness. As as opposed to valve. Yeah. 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 and then the little dogs get the more the valve problems. More the valve problems, yeah. And cats um, more commonly uh, associated with uh, hypothyroidism, which is a pretty common older cat problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of hypothyroid cats um, develop both heart valve troubles and also heart muscle troubles. Mm-hmm. So they have um, hypothyroidism, but they also have secondary heart failure troubles as well. So know. hypothyroidism is a problem with the thyroid gland not functioning properly itself. Yeah, so, overactive yeah. Um, thyroid gland, that's right. So um, we've also got age, like just general wear and tear as they get older. Yeah, just general wear and tear. I mean, it's more likely that the heart muscle wears out over time um, and that's and that's part of um, the problem and um, occasionally you've got two or three conditions happening at once, which yeah. gets complicated. Yeah. Yep. And um, diet is another thing that I can actually has shown some sort of Yeah, there's a couple links. of, couple of um, uh, essential amino acids that mm-hmm. are very important that if a diet um, was deficient in those, um, which is usually mitigated by a, a balanced diet or, or a, a sort of well-formulated diet, there's been a few um, breed predisposition troubles in um, Labradors and Golden Retrievers with a taurine deficiency uh, where what seems to be a, a balanced um, diet has in um, those dogs, because they seem to have a, a higher requirement for it, they're the ones that end up in trouble first. And there's been a few incidents of um, yeah, pet foods that have, have um, been fed in the long term, and, and that breed of dogs has ended up with heart um, troubles from it. And yeah. that breed is a little bit prone to troubles, but it's 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 not just theoretical, but it's not a not a high incidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any other sort of? That, that's probably the main um, the main. Uh, Groups of troubles, yeah. Yep. I mean, just some pets just get bad luck, basically, yep. and it just happens at the end of the day. And there's nothing that you could have done, you know, proactively to to help prevent it from happening. It just happens, yep. and, and then it comes down to you know regular checks and and some early diagnostics, and and obviously you know keeping an eye for early symptoms. Mm-hmm. But the very frustrating thing with um, with heart troubles is. Once the pets start showing symptoms, they're usually a fair way down the track to yeah, the heart um, you know, failing because there's a fair bit of slack in the system, like there's a fair bit of reserve there. So if your pet's showing signs of um, decreased ex- exercise tolerance yeah. or coughing or wheezing um, or collapse or any of those things, you know, they're a fair way down the path. Yeah. That, that heart's in, in a fair bit of strife. So it's unfortunate because we can miss um, – there aren't the symptoms and signs that – 
at those very early stages. Very early stages to, to, to give hard. you an indicator. And even if you're getting regular vet checks, um, yep. like I can't hear a heart is bigger uh-huh. unless it's enormous yep. um, and it seems to be taking up the whole chest, but even then you're really not that convinced mm-hmm. on it. Um, so, yeah, vet can't hear how big the heart is. If it's going faster, yep, that's an indicator. Um, if it's got a murmur, or the heart murmur is where you, the um, blood is more turbulent mm-hmm. as it goes through a valve or it, it's um, squirting back through the heart valve under pressure basically so um, the murmur is just yeah turbulent blood flow mm-hmm. and there's different um, scoring system for for heart murmurs um, one being the least uh, visible or sorry least audible yeah. um, and six being you can't hear anything else sounds like a washing machine basically oh, yeah. um, but yeah heart murmurs you can pick up in the consultation but again just because the heart murmur doesn't necessarily mean that you've got heart failure yep. going on and that's um, a little complication there where, okay, you've got a murmur but it may not be causing that much troubles yet but it could in the future. Yeah. Um, so there's some more diagnostics to do there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just touched quickly on the symptoms but um, I know I've had a dog with heart failure. My dally had a heart failure, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and the first sign that we had was um, the coughing. Yep. And... I mean, she wasn't an overly energetic <laughs> exercise <laughs> known for running for miles anyway, so that was not noticed. But um, she started with this cough, and it um, definitely develops it. Uh, you notice it a bit more at night yep. when they lie down. Yep. And it, it's – because it's odd because dogs don't really cough otherwise, do they? No, and it's sort of a different cough to yeah. – like it's not a, a, a bronchitis, um, like kennel coffee no. sort, of, sort of cough. It tends to be a, a sort of a quieter, less hearty cough. Yes. Um, I – if, if your dog's going to be coughing, I like a hearty cough because um, yep. a hearty cough is more likely to be upper respiratory troubles mm-hmm. rather than lower troubles. And, um, yeah, dogs with heart failure, the coughing just seems to be pretty weak and insidious and, yeah. and, and obviously you know, starts as no coughing and then develops over time. But sometimes it does go um, unnoted because it's not a, you know, a horrible hacking cough or something. No, it's not. Um, and it's usually, you know, usually it's there because you've got, it's got the start of some fluid accumulation in yeah. the lungs um, and particularly when they've been lying, you know, in one position for a while any fluid that's usually, you know, when they're moving around is evenly distributed within yep. the lungs. Um, whatever lung side is down, that um, accumulates more fluid. And then when they go to move, okay, they've got fluid in the airways mm-hmm. and, and that's what so causes the coughing. Cough. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, that's the, the nocturnal coughing sort of things. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing is the exercise intolerance. Yeah. So they tend to not be able to exercise as much or for as long. Yeah, just for, just fatigue faster. Yes. And um, some people think they're just getting hot and and, <laughs> and they tend to be, you know, older pets in general. And, and are they just getting old or is it, you know, more of a, you know, a, a health issue mm. as such because, you know, getting old is a non-specific thing and there's yeah. plenty of old dogs that have got normal heart function and, and unfortunately right. there's plenty of you know middle-aged dogs with have got heart dysfunction so it, it's just a non-specific symptom and sometimes it's um they can exercise you know rapidly for short bursts yep. of time um but you know fatigue and if it gets bad enough i mean you can see fainting and collapsing yep. episodes and that sort of thing because they're just you know oxygen deprived essentially that's obviously yeah that's obviously getting a fair bit down the track yep. um to to causing troubles if, if you've got fainting episodes yes. happening, that's for sure. So that's, yeah, obviously another symptom as we're getting down to that fainting. Um, fatigue, just general fatigue, finding them 
just not wanting to. It's not as sparky as they yeah, used just to be. Nothing's working 100%. Yeah. So if, you, if your heart's hard. working faster um, than it should be and, and you're still lacking you know, sufficient mm. oxygen delivery to the system, these guys, you, you know, you do routine blood tests on them and sometimes you've got just borderline, you know, kidneys aren't quite working properly yeah. and liver's not quite working properly because um, nothing's working properly because it's not yeah. getting 100% of the blood supply or, or the oxygen yeah. supply oxygen, that it should yeah. be. So um, it, it can be fairly non-specific where, okay, we're just a bit off, but there's mm. there's no specific thing going on um, and that's where you know, general checkups and, and other testing can, yeah. can certainly help out. Yeah. So they can become a, a, like little behavioural changes, sort of some might get a bit more depressed or lazy or yeah, just, um, aggressive because they're cranky. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, just you know, feeling unwell sort of yeah. thing. Um, and again, it's a little bit further down the track um, with how severe the symptoms are. Sometimes they, they can't rest properly. Mm. Partly for the fluid side of things, um, as far as the fluid accumulating, but also just they're, they're trying to shift as much air as they can. They usually got an increase in resting respiratory rate, and so that's one. Breathing yeah, breathing harder and faster, and that's one of the things that we get people to monitor. Is um, a, a normal dog when it's asleep should have a uh, resting respiratory rate of, of less than thirty breaths a minute, and, and more like you know ten to fifteen. And if you've got to sit there and look at your dog and think, "Oh, geez, breathing," well, yep. it's breathing pretty slowly so that's a good thing most of the time um but yeah if they're breathing more than 30 breaths a minute and they're asleep and it's not really hot um, yep. that's very likely they've got a cardiovascular problem of yep. some sort um and that increased you know respiratory effort you see these pets that they're just sort of sitting um sitting on their bums but they're um standing up on their front legs mm-hmm. and, and cocking their elbows out to sort of expand their chest as much yes, as they can yeah just trying to get as much air in as they can yep. and, and they can't you know they can't get comfortable and rest mm. properly because they're, they're they can breathe easier sitting up, and that's um, a pretty sad situation to be in. Yeah. yeah. Um, loss of appetite? Yeah, again, non-specifically part, yeah. part of it. Yeah, again, nothing's working properly. And, and, I mean, if you're breathing hard enough, you've got less time to, to swallow and, yeah. and chew if it's bad enough. But, yeah, just, you know, general feeling unwell appetite yeah. can be decreased sometimes but you know there's there's lots of non-specific symptoms that's mm. that's sort of part of the trouble yeah. yeah i guess that is it's and when we see those more specific symptoms of the cough developing we're a fair way down the track. a lot of time you're further away down the track yeah yeah so um i guess they're the symptoms but um how do you as a vet diagnose it how do you detect or early detection yeah so early detection really is um okay on you know, a general checkup and you're listening to the heart and listening to the lungs if you've got Increased fluid in the lungs, you can hear some congestion in the lungs sometimes. Um, usually you've got an elevation of heart rate compared to what it should be. And again, you know, that's subjective. You've got the, you know, a little nervous dog in the clinic and their heart rate's already doing yeah, 200 miles an hour because they're, you know, they like at the their vets and they're worried. Um, versus a, you know, pretty chill, relaxed dog. If yeah. the dog's just sitting there and it's pretty relaxed and it's got a, a heart rate of 150 um, when it really should be, you know, 110 to 120. Yeah. Okay. That's a, a point of, of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's 200 beats a minute or something like that. That's obviously a you know a pretty big problem because yeah. dogs again depending on their size and there's a big variation in in the size of dogs from Chihuahuas to Great Danes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I'd consider a resting heart rate in a Great Dane that's relaxed in the clinic. You know fifty to eighty would yep. be would be normal. Um, the same um, resting relaxed chihuahua not that there's many relaxed, <laughs> relaxed chihuahuas at the clinic um <laughs> would, you know 120 130 beats a minute oh, yeah. um would be normal for a resting heart rate for a little dog like that but you know if they're 150 plus uh, particularly if they've got um, some arrhythmias or there's yeah. there's other symptoms that they're showing that's a high in- index of suspicion yeah so you're just taking their heart rate you think it's um stethoscope just stethoscope and, and, and feeling their pulse at the same time which is again subjective like you're feeling the little um, femoral pulse yeah. in the inside 
lot of their back leg and, and how um, how forceful is it. Um, and we talk about thready pulses, which are weak pulses and, and good bounding pulses. Again, that's pretty subjective. And, and yeah, obviously a Great Dane should have a bigger pulse than a mm-hmm. two hour at the best of times. Um, so that's a, a subjective measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other, I mean, you did mention that when you do blood tests on these dogs, they're often borderline with their kidney function or their liver function. So is that worth doing as I mean, it's probably going to be part of your workup, but yeah. there is a specific blood test that you can do, and, and it's um, very helpful in um, diagnosing predispositions to, to heart failure troubles called um, CardioPET, um, and it's uh, a, a blood test that detects a little peptide hormone in the system that is released in greater concentration when there's um, damage to the heart muscle. It doesn't tell you what sort of problem's going on, but it's a, um, a, a good check for, you know, people that are worried okay i've got a breed that's predisposed to troubles or if you've had a pet with heart failure troubles before and and it wasn't picked up until you know later on down the track it is a screening test that you can do that's you know relatively cheap and non-invasive and it gives you a baseline as well so you know there's an accepted normal range um for for pets what it should be and okay if your pet's in that normal range well that's good and yeah it's pretty unlikely you've got some heart troubles going on and even some of those um heart murmur dogs where you've just got a little faint grade one, grade two murmur, okay, are they actually you know, adversely affected by that? Is it causing any damage um, or causing any dysfunction to the heart? Mm-hmm. So if you run that blood test and, and there's no um, stress to the heart muscle, okay, it's probably an indicator to, to keep an eye on that. Um, if there is indication that, okay, the heart muscle is under stress, even though the murmur is not very strong, you could mount a case for, okay, there's medication that you can use to mm-hmm. help to make the heart muscle work more effectively and, and keep them further away from heart failure. Yeah, because it's not just they, dogs don't get heart attacks like people. Yeah, get, I was actually yeah, going to ask about that because they um, don't just have those massive heart attacks or blockages. That's right. Like it's it's usually it's a, it's a chronic problem. Yeah. Um, so it happens over time and it, and it deteriorates. So the, the earlier you can diagnose, okay, we've got a problem. Yeah. Um, the earlier you can start um, some very effective medication yeah. regimes that can help to slow down that deterioration. Because um, again. It, it, there should be some slack in the system. There should be yeah. plenty of reserve in that system as long as you haven't used up all your reserve while you're just yeah. sitting around or standing around. Um, so the further you can keep them away from falling off that cliff yeah. um, and, and not having any reserve at all left, uh, the, the better the quality of life and the better of the quantity of life your pets can have. So this was a cardio pet. Cardio so, pet, yeah. So should I be getting bow? Done? Um, look, <laughs> any dogs over eight years of age, I'd never say not. Yeah. Um, if you've got any indication of of, um, of any of the you know, above non-specific symptoms. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it, it could be part of a, a normal, you know, geriatric profile. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen all the time, but it's a, it's an option now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, both do to see you in the next few weeks, so yeah. I think we might. Yeah, we're to, going to talk about that? Yep. Follow that one up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um there's also x-rays. I mean, you can take an x-ray to see the size of the heart. Yeah, there's accepted um, vertebral heart score. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take a, a, an x-ray of the chest from side on and there's a little formula for measuring, okay, this is how big the heart is, um, how much is the distance between four of the vertebrae up on the, on the backbone um, and work out the little formula and, and there's a range um, where that ratio should be. Yes. Uh, and if the heart is in that accepted ratio, and you're also looking at the heart and looking for its position in the chest and what shape is it and is it pushing on this or is it pushing the airways up. Um, but if you've got an enlarged heart, A, you can have an enlarged you know score. You can have a, a vertebral heart score that's um, higher than the, than the accepted normal, but it, it's a measured thing 
testing that you can that you can use and, and again it's a screening test that you can do and, and we mm-hmm. certainly used to do because um, it's non-invasive yeah. um, and it's of lower cost than um, referral to a veterinary cardiologist yeah. for a Doppler ultrasound which is the next diagnostic uh-huh. step that's certainly you know very beneficial but as a you know as a screening if you've got no symptoms or if you've got you know the very start of maybe uh-huh. is there a symptom here or not yeah a quick um quick x-ray through the chest to measure how big the heart is again you know if it's normal now but we've got a heart murmur maybe keep an eye uh-huh. on it um you know 12 months time if that heart's growing 10 percent in 12 months yeah. okay you know we've got Something some changes right. there um, and that would most likely be confirmed by the the blood test if uh-huh. you're doing the cardiopet blood test as well um so that's more of an indicator okay you know we need to um, be on medication uh-huh. and, and okay if we're already on medication is it working? Yeah. Yeah. We need to change those doses. Yeah. So um, the next step was the Doppler. We'd send them for an ultrasound if you yep. think. Look, I mean, always the ideal thing if you if you suspect or if you know you've got a heart problem, yeah, a, a Doppler ultrasound can measure, okay, you know, the actual chamber size of the heart mm-hmm. and the thickness of the muscle layer because the X-ray is just – shows you the outline of how yes. big the heart is doesn't tell you um the flow rate. the flow rates and and what direction the the, yes. the blood's going so i mean some of these dogs um you know if you've got a murmur and it hadn't been detected before okay has it never had a murmur or is it not been to the vet often enough and it be picked up and, and some of them can be quite subtle i mean some dogs have got you know a hole in the heart congenital abnormalities, you know, from birth, um, or they've got uh, aortic stenosis where they've got narrowing of the main yep. blood vessel away from the heart, and, and those dogs are the ones that we pick up, you know, at early vaccinations and, mm-hmm. and six-month-old checks and that sort of thing. That if, if you've got a heart murmur then, you know, most of the time it's not great. Yeah. Um, but, again, diagnosis um, and it's there's, there's treatment options there. Yeah, yeah. So just, the ultrasound will give you a good idea on that. Just um, on that, so... We're talking about taking when you do your checkup with your vet. I know a lot of vaccinations, we're actually getting longer than 12 months on a lot of yep. the vaccinations these days. But it used to always be, you know, everyone comes in once every 12 months for their dog's vaccinations and they get their yearly checkup. Shouldn't they really be getting checked? Don't Isn't it sort of now recommended a six-monthly checkup oh, look, twice I, a year? I'd love to see pets yeah. over eight years of age every six months um, in an, in an ideal world for, for a check and that yeah. doesn't mean they need you know, medication each visit it's no. just it gets you baseline um, yes, on, right. on what's normal um, and then okay if something's changing and, and even that's you know I see pets with you know you, you're following you know heart rates and just recording the heart yep. rate in the consultation and and you know you've seen them six times over four or five years and and each time their heart rate's been you know 110 to 130 yep. um, and then okay it's 135 and it's yep. 140 okay you know what's what's going on what's yep. changing sort of thing so they're, they're fairly subtle indicators but yep. um, they're definitely you know I'd love to see pets every six months because yeah. you know they're aging three or four years that's in, the other in, thing, in six yeah. months essentially yeah, um, the, the way the way their mind. bodies are wearing um, and and that would be a great thing yeah, yeah. yeah. I know last or oh, it was only six months ago not quite that we um x-rayed Bo's heart just to see what it was doing because he's yep. getting old and yep. he's an adopted dog we don't know any sort of history there yep. but i know he'll be in in the next month anyway so we'll be looking at all that stuff again for yep. him but yeah if you can get him in over six months it's definitely especially as they age because well, it's never the wrong thing put it no, that way. that's yeah. right yeah. and it does help out with that early detection on Everything, not only heart failure. Yeah, yeah, heart failure. I mean, you know, kidneys, liver, all that sort of thing. You know, yes. and, and you know, even it's just a you know, a urine test every mm-hmm. six months to, to make sure that's normal, yes. and, and you know, ideally blood tests every year or mm. two. Yeah. So it because that's the thing with nearly everything with our pets is the if we can get it early enough, really 
can it's almost like stopping the damage. <laughs> well, it gives you a lot more options, yeah. yeah. Because if it's you know if, if things are failing or failed by the time you diagnose yeah. and you're a lot further behind the eight ball, that's yeah. Right. And the heart's obviously on the inside. You know, if you've got a big lump on the skin, okay, that's yes, obvious. Yeah. If, if you're limping, that's more obvious. But yeah. you know, the heart because of that um, that reserve in the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're showing clinical signs, um, it's not too late, but you're just starting further behind the eight ball. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so we've covered the diagnosis and the treat and the um, how to pick it up signs and symptoms. So what are the treatment options? Because they can you can treat it at yeah. stages. Look, there's and I mean there's very effective medications for, for the various different um, problems we've got. Yeah, heaps of different options. Um, and again it depends on the diagnosis. Um, mm-hmm. and the more accurate the diagnosis the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've got, you know, a heart murmur as we said, in, in an ideal world, you diagnose um, through a Doppler, you know, exactly mm-hmm. which heart valve, um, assuming it is a heart valve, that's causing mm-hmm. the troubles. Um, and, you know, if it's an older dog and it never had a heart murmur and you, you're you um, confident of that and it's developing a heart murmur and, and you can hear like, position-wise which area of the heart, yeah. which quadrant sure, of the heart yeah. um, the, the, the increased um, sounds are coming from, you can usually be, you know, quite accurate mm-hmm. in, in that. Um, if you, you know, and you're seeing the pet for the first time and it's seven years old and it's got a heart murmur, you don't really know, um, yeah, you know has it been, uh, is it one of these heart valve developmental problems or has it got a, an injection murmur from an um, aortic problem or something like that? So, because um, some of the medications are reasonably specific on what they do, okay. and, um, you know, Okay, I've got a heart murmur, um, and just throwing a medication that that treats most dogs with heart murmurs, with heart murmurs at them. Okay. Um, occasionally, that can cause problems. Okay. Um, so again, you know, the most effective diagnosis is is the best way to go. Um, but some people you know, don't go down that path as far as mm-hmm. the, the cost side of things goes. But definitely, yeah, medication wise for heart murmurs, you can. Uh, effectively control symptoms and and the literature says you know six months 12 months 18 months um, extended quality and quantity of life from diagnosis um, and that's variable I mean with any degenerative condition yeah. I mean some of them um, unfortunately develop faster and, and go downhill mm-hmm. faster and and I've got plenty of pets that have been on you know their medication for three or four years yeah. um, and, and are going along quite happily but the earlier you start, the um, yeah, the, the more effective it is. That's for sure. So, so, if you just had a, you know, say an older dog that you, pretty sure is the congestive heart failure. You've looked at the X-rays. You've looked at the bloods. Um, they can just go on a medication from there. Yeah, if they've got murmur troubles or if, or. If- you know, it's enlargement and there's no yes. murmur and you've got a myopathy happening, you can you can put them on the appropriate medication and most of those are either daily or, or twice a day. A lot yes. of them are in, uh, you know, palatable, sort of chewable sort of form yes. these days. Um, and there's combination therapies as well, like some of the newer medications are more targeted and effective than the older medications. Um, as usually happens with pharmacology, the newer medications are usually the more expensive ones. Um, but there is, yeah, certainly advantages from one, some of the new medications and, and that's most of them are just around um, just supporting the heart muscle to, to beat more effectively, um, to, to um, you know, use the same amount of oxygen but have more strength essentially. Uh, and a lot of them uh, have changes to the blood vessels downstream from the heart, so it's dilating the blood vessels, opening so up. opening up so there's less resistance to mm. forward blood flow so essentially yeah so each time the heart's contracting it's it's doing the same amount of work for more result yes. essentially yeah, yeah. Um, what else can is there anything else you recommend as part of treatment like um, oh just, weight just management? oh look weight management is always, <laughs> always always part of it and you know the more um body tissue even though fat's got less mm-hmm. blood supply than, than other bits and pieces um you know it's you know, the right body weight is always the right way to go mm-hmm. yeah um so you know a, a weight control um 
you know, dieting and mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to exercise more if you've got heart failure most of the time. But so continue to exercise. Continue to exercise as much as they choose to. Certainly, yeah. you wouldn't uh, enforce exercise. Not on a forty degree. Um, and <laughs> depending on um, how bad they are, I mean, sometimes you do need to you know confine them essentially mm-hmm. and, and have them doing less than they would want to. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time they they want to do less anyway. Yeah. But some of them are lunatics and still want to try and try and run around and, and yeah. overdo it potentially. And if they you know use up that reserve, it can be a problem. Yeah. yeah. So we just. Once it's diagnosed, they're on a medication, they're on a good diet, we're trying to loosen weight, keep them as active as they're able to be. Yep, and and a good balanced diet. Um, I mean, there's probably some merit in a, a um, coenzyme Q10 um, supplement potentially in, okay. in the diet that's an um, important um, enzyme for cardiac muscle function, um, so that's not a veterinary um a veterinary supplement that's a, just a human supplement basically so yep. be guided by your vet um, if that would be suitable uh-huh. for your pet um, that would be the main things and, and medication wise there's you know there's combination therapies that we use these days yep. too um, and, and some drugs are in combinations uh, already um, so diuretics we use fairly commonly so they need the diuretics to move that excess fluid that shift, they're holding shift the fluid um, look they've got congestion in the lungs so basically you make them pee more and they drink uh-huh. more as well but, but the sum total is they're shifting more fluid from the body yes. um, and it also reduces their circulating blood volume by a little bit yeah. so if you've got a bit less blood to pump well the heart's got to work a bit yeah. less hard so, as well yes that's important to mention so when because the heart's obviously you know your brain and your heart are your body <laughs> so without them working properly you've got nothing but your heart needs to pump the oxygen around the body but then it causes if it's not working we don't have the oxygen pumping around we are atten- um, potentially affecting Every other organ in the body. Absolutely, yeah. And so that um, fluid buildup is one thing that happens um, quite often and happens in humans with heart failure as well. Yeah. It happens across the board. They actually get a bit puffy almost. Yeah, and, and dog skin as well. And, and it's not just the lungs like ascites or, or mm-hmm. swelling of the belly basically yes, is, is yeah. a, a, another common, um, again, further down the track, yeah. um, heart failure trouble. Um, and some of them, particularly bigger dogs because they're just more distance from their toes to their heart essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ventral edema, like swelling underneath the, the belly, underneath the skin and, and mm-hmm. puffiness of the legs um, can happen sometimes. Yeah. Of course, their circulation isn't as good Circulation's as not as good as it should yeah. be, yeah. yeah. And... So I guess a really important thing is how can we prevent it? Can we prevent it? I mean, you can't change your dog's genetics. So yes. the ones that are prone to, you know, the various troubles that oh, they are who they are to some extent. Um, I mean, look, you always want them to have a good body weight. Um, yep. So the more, you know, tissue, again, the, the heart's pumping blood mm-hmm. to, the, the more work things are doing. So, you know, feeding a good balanced diet um, at mm-hmm. the right amount that's um, suitable for your pet to keep them at an optimum body weight yep. um, is definitely, you know, cool. definitely a good idea. Uh, and that realistically, that's the main things. Um, yeah. there's, there's, you know, limited things you can do other than, yeah, have them on heartworm prevention that prevents heart, yeah, heartworm heart um, disease, heart failure troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and teeth-wise, I mean, most of those heart valve troubles we see in, in um, small breed dogs, we suspect strongly that um, dental disease is a, mm-hmm. a strong contributing factor. So, yeah, having good dental hygiene, essentially yeah. having um, a diet that's got plenty of hard stuff to, um, to chew on, whether that's more meaty bones or dental treats or you know, dry dog food that's mechanically potentially more effective at cleaning teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, flip, flip the lip, um, lift up yep. your dog's gums, you know, every you know, month or two and have a look and see what their teeth actually look so like. So when they're looking really manky and they're covered in plaque, yeah. which is what it is, they, look, they go all brown and yellow. That's not great. I mean, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> ideally, they need to clean. Yeah, ideally, you know, have a look at your dog's teeth and, and 
they, they should look like yours, as in white. <laughs> no redness and infection on the gum mm-hmm. line um, and no discoloration on the teeth themselves. And, and if there is, you yeah, know, to visit the vet and see what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much all we can do to help them? That's about it, or yeah. Or stop it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it's it's a bugger of a problem if it happens and, and it's your dog, but the main thing is, okay, it's not a death sentence. Yes, um, you know, there's, there's lots of dogs that have get um, you know an early diagnosis and you can you know, have them happy for extended periods. And, how long? How oh, long how long's a piece of string? <laughs> um, I mean... It depends on the condition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them um, respond to medication, but it's still a degenerative condition and it still so it's ends going up. going to continue to... Potentially, yeah. 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 Like... And um, you can slow it down. Usually you can't reverse it again depending on the condition, um, yeah. but you can significantly change the course of the disease and, and have them happier for longer, which at the and end I of the day is what it's all about. I guess it's something that if they are diagnosed, it's something that we really do need to monitor with the vet um, yeah, to adjust medication. Just medication. There's, you know, there's... there's different options there depending on their response to therapy and, and what's yep. going on on the inside yeah so usually once they're diagnosed you you're um you know going back for regular checks for medication yes. and, and um just assessing what's going on is it ultimately like i'm trying to think from memory i know lily was on medication probably for two or three years i yep. guess and um, before she finally passed but um is that what's most likely going to end up to kill them? Like, is it just going to get to a point where the heart can't function? Oh, it, it could be, yeah. And, I mean, in some, in, in some pets you can, you know, stave that off long enough that something else comes yeah, along yeah, and, and pop, pops case, them off sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so it's, it's you know... The literature on specific conditions, on specific medications, um, is somewhere between, in most cases, you know, six months to 18 months delay in um, further onset of clinical uh-huh. symptoms. Okay. So, again, it's variable depending on the individual case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if... But it's definitely better to treat. <laughs> that's that, it, that's, that's right. It, yeah, it? at the end of the day, it's better to treat because um, you're help keeping them happy for longer. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, is it painful? Um, it... We think it is. I mean, yeah. people with heart conditions, I mean, certainly it's uncomfortable. Yes. Like if you've got, you know, fluid accumulating and that sort of thing and, and it's pretty horrible, you know, yeah. once fluid significantly starts accumulating. And it kind um, of makes you panicky that you can't breathe properly. Yeah, yeah, all those things would be yeah. would be pretty ordinary. Um, we Because they don't get cardiac infarcts, mm-hmm. as in, you know, true heart attacks, um, yeah. which are painful in people, um, they don't tend to appear to have like acute pain mm-hmm. um, troubles, but it's just they just feel like crap and, and just feel worse and, and you know, yeah. struggling to breathe and struggling yeah. to drink at the same time as you're trying to breathe and all that sort of thing, yeah. it would be pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 of course. yeah. But they don't need any pain. Not pain medicine. relief as such. Yeah. yeah, pain relief doesn't do much for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I wanted to ask, how many – do you have an idea? I don't know. You're good with figures and stuff. But um, <laughs> stats-wise, how many dogs are we talking get this? Again, depends on the breed. Mm-hmm. Um, calves are a little bit better than they used to be, but yep. I mean, essentially, we used to talk about fifty percent of oh, wow. cavaliers at five years of age will have heart troubles, and then seventy percent at seven years, and, oh, wow. and pretty That's close a to one hundred percent when they're ten years old have got heart murmur troubles. Um, oh, wow, that is a it's, lot. Yeah, it's sort of got to a stage where I now see old calves that haven't got heart murmurs, and and that's you know better than it used to yeah. be. Um, but you know, they're particularly um, genetically prone mm. to, to heart valve troubles, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, look, the, the statistics say um, that most of the time, small breed dogs, 30%, 40% of them are getting heart valve yeah. troubles yeah. Um, you know, in later life, essentially, um, and large breed dogs, um, to a lesser extent, but it's probably still more like 20 30% will have a degree of heart failure um, mm-hmm. when they pass away, whether that yeah. was the cause of the problem or, or if it was incidental, it's a bit hard to say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really common. Yeah, yeah. that's 
Yeah, it's not one of those rare things. It's something that if you, especially if your dog lives to a decent age, I That's guess right. too. Yeah, and, and the other, you know, in general, the more likely it is to happen. But you know, yeah, if you get unlucky, you could have one of these that that happens, you know, relatively yeah. relatively young, and you know, large breed dogs with with um, uh, hypertrophic cardiac neuropathy. I mean, there's you know, three or four years of age, yeah. um, and those you know, big giant breed, you yeah. know, Great Danes and and big yeah. mastiffs that are that are prone. I mean, there's plenty of them at three years old have troubles, unfortunately. But I guess it is important to also remember that they're aging a lot faster than. <laughs> Aging faster, so yeah. That's the other thing that I think sometimes you forget. Oh, yeah. they're only seven year old, but actually, yeah. no, they're more like fifty. Yeah, and if they're you know big breed dog, seven years yes. is getting pretty old. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. That's right. So it's something to keep in mind as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the old heart troubles. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting topic. And something. Yeah, poor buggers. It's it's you know it's. It, you see them, and you know you get to see them pretty regularly, and they come back for rechecks, yeah. and and you know it's, it's devastating when you've got one that you're doing everything you can, and and you diagnose it early, and and you know they still go downhill, but it's really um, you know, how much better was their life because of it? Um, yeah, you know, because right. if you hadn't diagnosed it and, and didn't have them on medication, um, their life would have been shorter and more uncomfortable. Yeah, That's true. It's all about so quality. It is. It's all about quality. Yeah. So. Anything we can do to, for them, to yep. make anything better for them, life better for them, that's what we've got to do. Absolutely. And I know I'll be in in the next few weeks. <laughs> we'll do that. But uh, thanks for joining us. There is um, a lot more information available on HeartFair. And if you've got any questions, uh, check with your vet, take your dog in for a checkup, or, of course, you can always shoot us an email or um, chat to the girls on live chat. Um, but thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.